So this weekend, we conclude our series called Owned. And uh, the whole idea of being owned is like the stuff that we own, let's not let it own us. That's, that's the whole premise of it. Next week, we're going to start a brand new series on who Jesus is, why, why he kind of did what he did, and, and, and what makes Jesus relevant to this day. Because I think for the majority of people, you know, that, that I encounter that are outside the church realm, it's not like um, they have anything against Jesus. It's more like Jesus, eh, yeah, he's a good guy. But we're going to go through a series and look at who Jesus was, who he said he was, and who he is. But, but, but the fact that Jesus is still alive today and he could bring freedom, he could bring peace, he could bring hope, he could bring healing, he could bring all these things. And, and we're going to start that brand new series starting, starting next week. So, so uh, be sure to be here for that. So, we get to talk about, we get to conclude this series called Owned. And anytime you talk about a series that has to do with generosity or money in the church, the, the first question, I said this a few weeks ago, is, oh, all the church wants is my money. And, and that is a common sentiment with many people. But I, I, I said this, I'm just going to reiterate what I said a couple weeks ago. But the reason we're talking about this series uh, number one is Jesus talked about money. And in fact, Jesus talked a lot about money, talked a lot about wealth. There are 500 verses on prayer, 500. But there are 2,000 verses that deal with money and wealth and what we do with them, 2,000. Jesus talked a lot about money. And the question is, well, well why did he? Because Jesus tells a sermon on the mount in Matthew chapter 6 that, uh, that, that where our treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus talked more about money and possessions than he did about heaven and hell combined. The second reason we talk about this is, um, and I'm, I love saying this, is that our church is so generous. Throughout the decades, our church has been known for our generosity. In the last 10 years, Kaimiki Christian Church has given to organizations, relief efforts, missionaries, outreach efforts, refugees, over $2 million in the last 10 years. $2 million. So the beauty about our church is no one can make the claim, oh, all Common Key Christian Church wants is your money. <laughs> when you give out $2 million in 10 years, that's a lot of money that we're giving out. This past Easter, we gave a total of 51000 We asked our church, and when I say church, it's all of us. It's, 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 it's everyone's in the chairs. It's the staff. It's the elders. It's, it's everyone. $51,000, that goes to our missionaries, bring, bringing the peace and hope and love of Jesus to all over the world, locally and globally. And then this past Christmas, we raised um, and we brought in $56,000, over $56,000. Again, that goes to our missionaries all over the world, locally, globally, to support them. And also goes to our benevolence fund, which is our caring fund. It's a, it's a, it's a hand up, not a hand out. It's a fund that helps families when life hits, because we all know life hits. And when life hits, sometimes it hits really, really hard. And Throughout this series of generosity, I've been getting a lot of feedback, and I love that, by the way. I love hearing kind of what's going on, and, and I want to communicate just a few things. One is that we are a generous church, that we practice what we preach. I just talked about $2 million in 10 years. So we practice what we preach. We want, we, the church as a whole is generous, and then, and then the leadership is, is generous, and we want to continue that going on because Jesus was generous. And, and, and two, 
I want to emphasize this. We're not doing a series on generosity because the church is in like this dire financial situation. The church is not in any financial like dire straits. And we've been given so many opportunities to give, and, and our church is given faithfully above and beyond their, their tithes. Now, the reality is true. You know, we have a goal in our budget set for every week of what we want to bring in in terms of our tithes and offerings, and we don't always hit that goal. Sometimes we go over it, sometimes we go under it, sometimes we go way under it, sometimes we go way over it, but we don't always hit that goal. But we're not doing this series because of that. And the reality is, let's say our loans were paid off. We have two, two building loans. Let's say that was paid off. And let's say somebody says, here's $20 billion. That would be pretty cool. By all means, bring it. And, uh, and, and would, we, would we stop encouraging generosity? The answer would be no. Why? Because Jesus teaches that we are to be generous. And we would continue to further the kingdom and continue to further the kingdom and continue to further the kingdom and so forth and so forth. Jesus calls us to be generous. Jesus calls us to give. So we're not doing this series on generosity to get money. Please hear me on that. We're not doing this series on generosity to get money. Rather, we are being obedient as this is the type of life that Jesus led. And third, I want to just communicate to everyone that we're doing this series to communicate that our church is wise with our finances. You're going to see that in, in just a bit. We have two building loans, and in June, one of those building loans, um, we're going to pay that off. And that's a lot of money every month. And then there's another loan uh, that we're progressively paying off as well. So not only do we have this debt, but we're paying down all this debt, and eventually the goal is to be debt-free with all of that. And so there's good things going on. We're making good progress. I share all that because I want us to be transparent in what we do. I want us to be real. I want us to say, hey, here's all of our cards. This is what we have to offer. This is who we are. This is what we're all about. There's it's not like we're hiding anything. And I said this last week, but that our fin finance team, our uh, 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 budget and, and finance department and our treasurer and our um, finance committee and everyone that does finances are so good with finances and integrity. We just want you to know that the money that we all give, that's God's money. And we take that seriously. And so we've talked about uh, the barriers of generosity. We talked about that line stuff that, that, own, that we own to own us, but let's get practical. Let's, let's get down to the nitty gritty and let's talk about the fact that we got to give to God first. Proverbs 3 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Now, in our society, that makes no sense. I don't know about you, but I'm not growing any crops. I've tried growing tomato plants, but then they die. And then, then I stop. And my dad's a botanist by, you know, out of love. And so I'm like, he has disowned me. Just kidding. So with the first fruits, here's what, we, here, here's what they meant for them. That before, before they do anything else with their crops, before they do anything else with their crops, before they take care of their own needs, 
before they feed themselves, before they use some of it to barter with others to get other necessities, before they use their crops and put preservatives in it to preserve it for later, before they do any of that, the first thing they do is they they take the first of their crop and then they honor the Lord. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth in chapter 16, verse 2. I think this is on the offering envelopes, if I remember right. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. So the, the principle is whenever we get paid, once a week, every other week, once a month, whenever we sell that whatever, then we give that, that first fruits of that to the Lord. That's the principle there. But, but also remember that we're not to do it grudgingly. If we're like giving to the Lord and we're like, oh man, I don't want to do it. Let me just free you from that guilt. Don't give. God loves a cheerful giver. If you're not there yet, it's okay not to give. I'm not saying it's okay not to give. I'm just saying like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we want to give cheerful. If you're giving like, oh my gosh, God. Arr. God wants us to have this cheerful, right attitude about giving. And maybe it's something we need to pray about so in order we could get there. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> but if we're honest, if we're honest, it's not always easy to give to the Lord. If we're honest, it's not always to give to the Lord first. If we're honest, it's a lot easier to give to the Lord what is left over. If, I'm, if we're honest, that happens more times than we would, we would like to admit. And if we're honest, the reality is sometimes the debt that we have in our lives brings makes it difficult to give because it's something like 99% of Americans have debt. I'm not going to say, hey, who has debt? Raise your hand because we all would raise our hands. I have debt. I have school debt. Ugh. And I got a car debt and then I got, just kidding. <laughs> That's true. But, but, but we got debt and debt, debt stop, stops things. So what we want to do, let's talk about this. Let's talk, talk, talk about the reality of all of this. So what we're going to do is, is Un's going to come up here. Un on is, uh, you can come on up here. We're going to sit down and have a little chit-chat because Unan is our treasurer. He has his PhD in finances. Figure that one out. And then he also is a professor at UH, and did I say you're a tre- he's our treasurer, and he's an advisor for a bunch of big companies that he doesn't tell anybody about. And the biggest advisor he advises is me. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, we need a microphone. You got a microphone? Can we get a microphone? That wasn't planned. I mean, I want to hear you, believe it or not. So, so this is Un. Uh, he's our treasurer. He's married to the best principal in the world, Robin right there. And, um, and so uh, Dr. On. Good evening. <laughs> Pastor Brian. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this question here. Let, let's just get real and talk about it because the reality is, uh, should we be tithing? How much should we, let me just throw up all these questions at you and just, and you got to answer it because you have a PhD. All right? All right. I don't have a PhD, but you do, so here we go. Should we be tithing? Should we be giving? How much should we be tithing? Should we be giving? How much should we be giving? How much and when and how often? And what about debt? How much debt is good debt? What about all the debt that we have? Should we not give to the Lord because we have debt? What are we going to do with the debt? And then what about our budget? What does our budget look like? You know, like how do we manage our budget if we got debt and we got to give to the Lord and all this stuff? So, go. Okay. First of all. You like that? You like that? Tithing was addressed very specifically in the Old Testament, and it was 
very customary that 10% was the tithe. At Jesus, as much as he addressed, about, uh, addressed the topic of money, uh, he rarely specifically said tithe as 10%. And I will address that at the end of our discussion. But I believe after Jesus came, he never needed or wanted people to feel guilty in, and give or uh, prideful and give or legalistically give. But what Jesus wanted was our heart. He wanted your heart. And if he has your heart, I believe he thinks and believes your faith will grow as you feel compelled and blessed and honored to be part of furthering his kingdom. So that's the focus in the New Testament. Now then you say, how much? Can I get the next slide up? So uh, this is David Ramsey. And I don't know how many of you guys know David Ramsey. But David Ramsey is a radio host for a Christian radio station. And he uh, provides basically fi personal finance and uh, uh, basically financial discipline techniques from a biblical perspective. So right off the bat, though, you know, he puts giving up there. And just in case you guys are not good at math, although he gives percentages and ranges of percentages, has about 10, 10 or 11 categories up there, uh, if you're going to use this guide, uh, the percentages must add up to 100 or less, okay? Because <laughs> it's the percentage of your income, which is not up there, okay? So if it's less than 100, you don't have to adjust because that just means you're going to have some savings. That's okay. If it goes to greater than 100, you've got to make an adjustment. Now, however, Ramsey strongly recommends giving comes off first based on the biblical concept of first fruits. And then he takes the 10% as the strongly practiced custom of Old Testament days. I believe that is a very good recommended amount. But again, I stress that I doubt Jesus feels you should be giving grudgingly, with guilty feelings, or even with pride, or because of legalistic views that you may have. But again, he wants your heart. So he does want you to show that he has priority in your life. And I think he would really love to see you, all of us, give joyfully. I mean, we should feel wonderful that we can give. We should feel honored and blessed that we could be part of what he's doing for during his kingdom. So that 10%, again, I think that should be a strong target that's recommended that we should hopefully all be at or get to. At the same time, if you're new or for some reason your finances are really hard and you have to get there stepwise, I think Jesus understands that. And at the same time, I also want you guys to know, some of you guys more than welcome to give more than 10%. In fact, Pastor Rick Warren reversed tithes. I don't know if you guys heard that concept before. And I've known of one or two successful Christian businessmen that reverse tithe. That means they give 90% and live on 10% of their income. So again, the 10% is the recommended amount that we should probably use as a good guide where the custom was, I guess, adapted over from the Old Testament 
But again, like I said, Jesus rarely specifically said a percentage. But he did address it here and there a little bit, and I'll get to that later. Okay? Now, what was the other questions? I'm trying to remember. Uh, here's the deal. We got budget going budget. on. That's and right. we got debt. Right. We got debt. Everyone That's has right. debt. That's right. That's I mean, right. I don't. That's no, right. wait. I just said I did. That's right. I had That's debt. Right. That's what do we do with debt and giving? And then right. should we not give to get rid of our debt? Correct. So let's put the next equation up. Okay, budget is very simple. Income minus expenses, it should be greater or equal to zero. Correct? That's why I said the last, that last slide was only expenses. So your percentages have to be 100% or less. That's where you want to be at, and you may or may not have debt. But Americans, the, 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 the way American economy operates and household operates and personal finance for most people is such that we have some debt. You may have home mortgage. You may have car on installment payments. You may have credit card debt, uh, student loan debt. Almost everyone's got some form of debt. So I don't mean to be comical, but if you're going to say, because I have debt, I'm not going to give it to the church, then almost every church in America is going to go belly up within six months, <laughs> okay, at least in America. So we have debt. I think the key is to try to pay down our debt like our church is doing and have a plan for managing it well. And within that plan, you should still be giving to the church and make your equation work out and try to be as disciplined as possible. Now, the reason I have underneath the income minus expenses should be greater than or equal to zero, T minus G is greater than zero, because this is an election year. T stands for taxes, which is revenue for the government. <laughs> G stands for government spending, which is expenses for the government. The government never balances their budget. We know that, okay? <laughs> but they can get away with it. We can't, because what can they do? They could write IOUs whenever they feel like it and just keep <laughs> rolling their debt. U.S. government has that luxury. How many years has that been going on, by oh the way? Oh, my goodness. Uh, close to under 100, though, okay? Okay. <laughs> but a long time, and it's been building. And uh, they don't call it IOUs. They don't even call it debt. They, I guess, disguise it with a wonderful uh, term or coined word called treasuries, okay? But just in case you didn't know, government treasuries are government securities, but at the end of the day, it's just IOUs. <laughs> G is bigger than T, so they could write an IOU. And every time it matures and they owe more money, they just write more IOUs. You cannot do that, okay? So we need to get income minus expenses positive. And debt will be part of that equation, paying down your debt. But with that, as Dave Ramsey emphasized, we still should try to tithe and try to hit that target as soon as possible. And if you are privileged and blessed enough, exceed that target. Like I said, there's a challenge of some people reverse tithing. I am so humble when I hear about people reverse tithing. I can't believe it. I've heard some people think, you know, that, oh, if I made 10 million a year, I could reverse tithe. I just want to let you know, the more you make, actually the harder is to give the 10% as it is. True. Because yeah. you can't believe how large the 10% is. So no, the more you make, so same thing with trying to get rid of debt and start tithing. Some people will say, well, when I make more, I'll start tithing. Both of those will never happen if that's what you want to use as an excuse. At the same time, I'm going to go back to what we started with. Give joyfully and don't give till you can give joyfully. And then you're proud and honored to be part of building God's kingdom. Okay? 
Uh, the last thing I'm going to leave you with, because I think I addressed your questions, right? I think so. What, one okay. quick thing. Yeah. You know, you're talking about, you know, there's lots of people on fixed incomes. You got two or three families living in one household, you know, it's living by paycheck. In Hawaii, by, yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And paycheck by paycheck by paycheck, right? Yeah. And that's when it gets really hard to give. So what would you say to most of all of us who live, you know, paycheck by paycheck, and then how do we still be generous within that? Okay, so then back to that slide, uh, and you don't have to go back there, Tim, but th those, yeah, thank you. So these slides, if, if you are not making this work and then you decide to knock out giving as the first category, as much as possible, I'm just saying, if God has our heart and he is really our priority in our life and, and we want our faith to grow, we should be willing to challenge ourselves and trust God to make sure we don't get rid of that first line item, okay? Now, again, percentage, you can figure that out as you feel led and joyful in giving. But some of these other categories is what you're going to have to attack. It could be housing. It could be you live in a three-bedroom apartment, and you have to go to a two-bedroom apartment. I know you don't want to hear that, but it could be that. It could be you have a pretty new car, and you might have to sell it and get an older car. It could be uh, recreation. You can't do vacations or eating out. I know it sounds terrible, but actually, if you trust God, you should find joy in the process. I'm too embarrassed to tell you all the things I've done because my kids hate me for it. But we found joy in the process, or at least I did. I don't know if they did, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even tell you the things that I had, our family do, okay? But we make it work. And I actually genuinely found joy in the process. And, and, and that's the key. You've got to start just going to some of these and saying, where can I cut where can I downsize if God really is my priority? So the goal is our income has to match our expenses or less. And then that is the, really the recipe for being, getting out of debt, getting on track, and having financial freedom. But more than that, it's honoring God when we put the, uh, the, the tithe or the giving, number one. And, and therefore, this process, hopefully, you, once again, I want to stress, you should feel joy in the process. I know the, the word... David Ramsey uses financial discipline. Discipline never sounds good. <laughs> but that's what we're aiming for, financial discipline. And usually, just like exercise, just like eating right, at the beginning, it's miserable. But once you get in shape, <laughs> it feels great. Finances are similar. We're going to need to be financially disciplined. Yeah. That's the key. And, and the sacrifice should feel good. Yeah. That's the point. Because if it doesn't, I'm going to... Don't give. Don't give. Because I want to really stress, Jesus and our church doesn't need or want your money if you're giving out of guilt, pride, or legalistic reasons. It's true. We're okay. We mm -hmm. want you to feel joyful, privileged, and blessed in the process. How many times you heard that at church? <laughs> but you need financial discipline. Yeah. In the, you know, so, so somehow you have to figure out this David Ramsey's you know, recommended yeah. list, and, and, and maybe even need someone to hold you accountable, okay? The, I mean, if you don't have another question, I'm just going to go to the last slide. Yes, the last slide. Okay, can I have two slides? So I'm just going to leave you with this verse, because as much as Jesus never addressed really tithing and 10%, in the New Testament, he gets a little bit specific only once. And this verse is what I want to challenge you with, because it basically comes down to he wants your everything. 
So Matthew 23, 23, woe to you, because he's talking to the Pharisees, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of yeah, the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Basically, Jesus wants to know you. He's top priority in your life. Finances, in your character, in your time, in your talent. He wants you to show him that he has your heart. He wants both. He wants both. Not one or the other. Okay. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you, Owen. So, you know, uh, and, and, and here's the deal, um, and you could talk to Un afterwards, and, and also Pastor Jerry, if anybody's saying, hey, man, I, I would love some help to talk to someone about the whole budgeting process and the real reality, call Pastor Jerry at the church. He could help you, and he could point you in the right direction to, 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 to get help. But let me talk about, about, about freedom. The past few weeks, Kaz and I have been really focusing because you know you got to practice what you preach right it's easier to say this it's harder to actually do it and uh and so we've been practicing uh really being disciplined we went back old school we went back to like the envelope system where like i get an allowance and um it's true and you know what i found out that that in the last three weeks i've been able to be more generous than than i normally am because i've been so disciplined with our with our finances and that's something that just blows my mind. The more disciplined we are, the more generous we could be. And that's the beauty of, of giving. Someone uh, emailed me this week. I got a number of emails. I just want to read one of them. But uh, she says this, in 2019, uh, this talks about, you know, the blessing of giving. There, there's a blessing to it. It's not always financial blessing. Sometimes it's blessing in other areas and that we talked about last week. And uh, in 2019, she said, I donated to KCS for the playground. And guess what? Uh, God replenished what I had given in February of 2020 and added about 100-something more. And that added money, she was able to donate to mental health, I think mental health research or something like that. Like, that is really cool. And, and there is a blessing connected to our giving, to what we do in terms of being, you know, being free with what, we're, with what we're giving to the Lord. It's not always financial, but it's other things as well. Now, I want to end on this note, and, and the band could come on this note, um, is that what are the takeaways for us? One, as believers in Jesus, we are to live by a different set of values. We're to live by a different set of values. The way that we live and the choices that we make show that we have priorities different, values differently than everybody else. The second takeaway is don't let what you own own you. Do not let what you own own you. The third takeaway is as we move toward generosity, we make giving back to God a priority. When we give back to God, when we give to God, there is a sacrifice that's part of that. Part of giving to the Lord requires a sacrifice in doing so. And the key is this. When we give, let's give with our heart. God wants our heart. 
That's what he wants. God doesn't want our money. God doesn't need our money. God wants our heart. Finances is a real, defining, tangible way of saying, Lord, you're number one in my life. Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's my prayer that all of us this evening, whether this is your first time being in church, whether you're visiting again or wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, that you would say, you know what, Lord? I want to be generous with you because you have been so generous to me. The truth of the gospel is that Jesus gave his life. God sent his son Jesus for us. God is generous. And he gave Jesus for us to have eternal life. And so let us in return say, Lord, everything I have, everything I am is yours. And I want to give back to you. And wherever you are, like I've said the last two weeks, figure out where you are and take that step of faith and say, okay, Lord, I'm taking this step of faith. Be with me. So let's stand and let's sing and let's respond in praise.